You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Comedy Cellar Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99, The Comedy Channel. We're here at the back table of The Comedy Cellar. My name is Noam Dwarman. I'm the owner of The Comedy Cellar. Next to me, as always, is the funniest man alive, Mr. Dan Natterman. What's gotten into you? You never give me a nice intro. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I was just a. Uh, okay, and uh, two of our re- regular comedians here, Mr. Sean Donnelly. Hello. And uh, John Laster. What it do? Um, not the funniest man alive, I guess. You can only be one, but, but cl- close to it. <laughs> second and third. And uh, but not enough. Actually, you could tie for second. And then um, Shally. Shally? Shally. Shelly. There's an I. Shiley. 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 Shiley Basnet is a mountaineer turned stand-up comic from Nepal. Yes. Hello. Hello. So The most interesting woman in the world. No, no, I just had a couple of upfront questions, as I often do. Number one, um, were you interested in doing a a Live from Vegas uh, podcast opening week of the Vegas Room? That's not a bad idea, Daniel. Well, yeah, so I'm just to let you know that I am available if you uh, decide to go that way. Just putting it out there. And secondly, um, you know, I was wondering, um, do, they, do you, when, when you hire a new waitress or waiter or bartender, do you show them pictures of us? Because they all seem to, like, know me already. Like, if I go to the bar and there's a new bartender, he knows not to charge me for a drink. Is that because you show him a picture of me and say, this guy doesn't pay? Um, I or is it because the know, bartender's been there for years and I don't pay attention? Or knows you from comedy, from, from stand-up comedy. You don't think so? Well, I doubt that. <laughs> well, Does it make we, any sense at all? We do get some some people who come to work here that because they like comedy groupies and stuff, oh. um, but or worked at other comedy like Alana. You know, I know she worked at she worked at uh, Eastville or something, or I don't know. But um, well, I don't work at Eastville. But anyway, I, I don't really know the answer to that, Dan. But uh, I'm happy that they that they're. It on seems it. like when I walk in the dough, the they're dough. automatically fr- new people automatically like. Uh, are friendly, but maybe, maybe, maybe uh, again, maybe they've already been working here for a while, and I just don't. To me, I think they're new because I don't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I but, don't know. Okay, what else you got? But no, those are my two upfront preliminary <laughs> questions. <laughs> Good to see John Laster. I have. Have you? Were you out of town? I haven't uh, seen you. No, nah, I was on punishment. Punishment. I'm back. Oh, yeah, let's okay. talk about that. Why are we on punishment? Because <laughs> <laughs> you open the door to that one. Now, now, now we got something interesting to talk about. Uh, <laughs> You're a journalist. You're right on you. Uh, yeah, what I, kind of punishment? I, I don't was, have, I was, who punished you, Esty? Yeah, yeah. I was oh, on, that Esty. I was on punishment. Okay, all right. Yeah. You, wanna, you, want, you, want, you want to elaborate? Uh, vodka. <laughs> <laughs> but just so you know, Esty has no idea how to listen to this show, okay? It, it, she's not tech savvy. You can awesome, say whatever you want. Awesome, tastic. Well, I'm not mad. You know, it was a good thing in the you end. Might have, so. you, but you were mad when it happened. No, I wasn't mad. <laughs> I, was, I was actually disappointed because um, it's not a good thing for me either, so... Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of helped you get back on track. Oh, without question. Oh, good. Without question, yeah. So, yeah, it was vodka. You were drinking. Yes. Okay, and you had been on the wagon, I guess, because I, yeah. I remember we discussed for that. For some time, yeah. And then, you, and then I had a slip up, and Esty was like, eh, how about you go and uh, pull it together and then come back? So you're back on the wag? Yes. Okay, glad to have you back. Good to be back. And, back uh, in the wait, saddle. Did you just slip because of a particular um, reason in your life? Something happened? Uh, and you, uh, back. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to answer. This became Oprah really quick. <laughs> you, you, you know what? Well, you don't I'm have not to a, answer. I'm, not a, I'm a celebratory drinker. Okay. 
Okay. So if I slip it, it's probably because of... For uh, uh, good reason. Yeah, oh, ego and women. <laughs> uh, yeah. Open bar, right. ego, and women. I'm a, I'm a celebratory. I'm a happy drunk. I just, if, you, if I put you in a headlock, that means I'm drunk. But it's like a fun headlock. But you don't, do you have a drinking issue? No, I drink, but I don't, not a drinking issue. Yeah, so, so I drink a good amount, but I don't not. But I have it on con, under control. So I think what he means is like he doesn't. He doesn't. So you don't. You don't turn to the bottle when you when you're depressed. You no. turn when you're when you're happy. Yeah. Or yeah. you want to. Okay. Can we can we talk to our mountaineer? Uh, okay, you have nothing, nothing to add, uh, Noam, about your own drinking. Uh, I know Noam loves a Frangelico, which is typically not the sign of an alcoholic. You know what? I can tell you about my drinking, and drinking is serious. How many people are Frangelico drinkers that are, that are big I, drinkers? I, are, what, are what? Frangelico. He drink, that's his drink of choice. Frangelico. Uh, drunks like you would make fun of a... You'd call me the F-word if you saw me drinking Frangelico. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> it's, uh, I believe it's a, it's a, it's a hazelnut... Oh, only if you didn't own this place. <laughs> That's a, it's a hazelnut liqueur, is it? Or a it's hazelnut. Hazelnut. Liqueur. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it smells oh, good. Oh, oh. No, I, feel like, I feel like frangelica should be the new F word. I'm pretty sure. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a very good. You, what are you, a frangelica? You frangelica? What are you, what are you frangelica? It's like a, like a fanooch. <laughs> so this is the thing about drinking. Uh, I, I have none of the, the um, uh, genetic... Or psychological dispositions of someone who uh, drinks. Uh, you're looking at me when you say this, and my name is Sean Patrick Donnelly. Because I, I, like I don't want to look at John. <laughs> <laughs> so, but when I when I was a musician and I was playing every night and I had to be in charge of the band, in charge of the club, I found that I began to drink every single night, and I couldn't get through the the night. I, I couldn't. I would have this like anxiety. I wouldn't be able to go on stage and play. Without having drinks, and for a while I was having like four or five Jameson a night. Oh wow! And uh, and that was not good. And then that was really one of the reasons I stopped playing music because then I had kids, and yeah. I did not want to go home uh, loaded dr drinking <laughs> or hung over the next Wait, morning. No, it wasn't even loaded. It's just like, well, what, what if they're sick? What if I have to go? At the times when you have a baby, I take them to the emergency room, whatever. It is. I just didn't want that. Yeah, and I. And, but it was really hard for me not to do it. And, and, but even at the times of my life when I was drinking five nights a week, if we'd go on vacation, I would literally, I would never want to drink. Like, I had no desire to drink. It was like, only in certain places. Only, like, some people are like, oh, I'm going to vacation. Let's have a drink. No, I, I, like, there's nothing about alcohol yeah. that appealed to me. That's ex funny. Except for to get through the, the night playing with the band or if I want to loosen up to, to talk to girls. Yeah. Comedy does yeah. the same thing. When you start doing comedy, you get paid in drink tickets. So you literally, I, I think I went five years, five, six years, with. I don't think I didn't go one night without having at least two or three I, beers. I will, so sometimes the endorphin high after a set, I, a drink is necessary to kind of calm the Calm the nerves. Of, cal, not calm the nerves, but sometimes calm when you calm adrenaline. the excitement, the adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. It's funny because I wasn't, I've always been the opposite. So I was one to not drink before I went on stage. No, not before, after I'm talking about. No, but I'm I'm saying to what Norm was talking no, what, no. what Norm was talking about. I didn't I didn't drink before I went on stage because I was scared it would affect my performance. Then I would drink all night, right? And you know until yeah, whatever you're, you're or, or, or or until the morning. Music may be different than comedy in that when you you know when you have a couple of drinks when you when you play music you do get into a certain vibe a certain groove that is hard to get and depending on the genre like. Not not for classical music so much, but like when you're playing certain styles of music, where you kind of just want to get into it and lose yourself yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But isn't a, a drink or two does help? Isn't there something you could not be drinking but still be doing music? It's sad to hear that you have to give up um, 
alcohol and music together. It is sad. <laughs> Life's not fair. <laughs> is there nothing you could do? Well, I mean, uh, you could say if you look if you look at certain genres of music, and you it's it, it's hard to deny that they all like their 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 drink, you know, or or their weed. Um, but also part of it was the stress of being in charge, and that you know that that's also another yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But the 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 two things together, and and I have to say, like if I'm recording, like sometimes I do some sessions or whatever, I don't I don't feel the need to drink then. So it's not I don't know. But it's only when you're in bar. Like you're, yeah, because I don't drink at home at all. I will only drink out. Listen, when, when I don't have a, beer in my house. When really? it's a packed house and the music is good and life's going, and you have a future. That is a nice head headspace yeah. to be in. It's relaxing. Yeah. No, it's just you know it, it's so awesome. I, actually I, I'm shocked that it puts you in a good space because if you're playing guitar, I guess you know guitar so well. It, it doesn't mess up you playing playing the song. You drink too much, it does. But, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. I never got like I, I've, had, I've had to deal with guys in my bands over the years getting loaded. Oh, and oh. well, you know everybody's different. Drink. Like there was like I had this one bass player, and I think he might have been the best bass player in the world. Like, I don't want to say his name. He's around here. He but he's known by Larry Graham. He's known by Jaco Newman. Like he's known by everybody. And he's and he's played with me. If he had one drink, one drink. I could tell in his playing. Wow. With one drink, he'd be a little bit less sensitive, a little bit, you know, part of being in a band is like kind of wrapping yourself around each other musically, where you're reacting to each other. If he'd have one drink, you could see it was all of a sudden it's a little bit more just about him now. Yeah. One drink. Wow. So, but I, I didn't suffer from that. So everybody's different. But then I'd have other musicians you who- some 20-minute bass solos. <laughs> absolutely. That's exactly right. <laughs> But then, then, then other musicians I've had would get so drunk they would just they would drop beats they can't they just can't play anymore yeah. and then you and try to explain it to them you know so so like I would literally have to have call them in the next day and make and force them to watch yeah. a video yeah. Like, yeah that's where I was like, at the end of my drinking that's where I was at the end of my drinking look at you right here <laughs> when, you, when you get the text messages in the morning like hey we're praying for you John like <laughs> what? <laughs> No, I swear to God. Is it my my communion? What is it? I actually actually had an intervention on Sirius. Really? A friend of mine brought me to Sirius. Yeah, she used to host on Shade 4 or 5, brought me in the morning show. And comedians started calling from around the country. Hey, man, we're praying for you. Hey, you were supposed to be out here Sunday. I know you missed the flight, but, you know, John, hang in there. Yeah, I had. So at the end, at the end of my run, you know what, what precipitated that? I found out that I was on, I found out, right, that I was on stage crying. Apparently, I went to the set, started crying. So you had no out. memory. Black, totally blacked out. Yeah, Didn't, uh, still don't remember. Yeah. Still don't remember. I, so. I, I've never blacked out. Yeah, I once I once used that as a defense for my wife, but I never actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I totally don't honest, remember, honey. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I've never blacked out. I only, the only time I blacked out was the time I drove drunk. I drove drunk once, yeah. and I drove back in the Bronx, back to Long Island when I was living at my parents' house, and I didn't remember. I didn't remember. The, the whole trip and yeah. that made, freaked me out enough to go. I'm never trying. That's dr- scary. It's scary. You know it's what really I did? I, this this is how much of a of a of an alcoholic I am. I let my license expire. Right. Let me tell you why. If you're if you're out with friends and everybody's buzzing and everyone asks the same question, do you have a license? No matter how drunk I was, oh. as long as I had a license, people would say, "Hey, man, all right, then you go ahead and drive, right?" Oh. If I if I if you answer no, I don't have a license. No one's letting you drive their oh, car. Wow. So I was afraid that I would hurt someone else, not myself. I didn't yeah. care if I hurt myself. Yeah. I was afraid that I would hurt someone else and not be able to live with it. 
So I just let my license expire. I haven't. I didn't have a license for 10, 12 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky. I'm an emetophobe. For those of you who don't know, fear of nausea and vomiting. So, it's a real, it's a real, it's a real, it's a real, a real phobia, and I, you know, I'm so horrified of it that I don't want to do anything that might lead in that direction, and uh, you know, I tend to start to get nauseous after two drinks, so that's that's keeping me from. Wait, so uh, what happens when you have the, when the fear kicks in? When you just get nauseous and vomit? like, what is? Your, how do you get scared of it? You, when you start feeling nauseous, you panic that you're going to feel more nauseous and start vomiting because it's such a horrible thing. That's, that's exactly how I feel. That's why I don't Shia like Lee is a, yes. an emetophobe. She didn't know the metaphobe. word. I, I learned a new thing. From a meta, you know, like an uh, an, an anti-emetic is a medication you take for nausea. It's, anyway, Shy Lee is uh, is Nepalese. The, the Nepalese, I don't know. Can, if, can I ask one more question? Yeah, oh, you want to ask one totally. more drink-related question? You say you're a happy drunk. Okay. Happy drunk. You're a happy drunk. Uh, not in the end. Well, well I'm a happy not drunk, but I'll drink. I'll drink when I'm think, things are going wrong. Like I've done that before. No, without but you, realizing like, if, if I if I talk to you when you're like like I know some, some people get nasty when they drink. Some no, no, I never friendly, get nasty. Friendly drunk. Friendly drunk. Dan, you know, I'm no. never drunk. You're, whenever I'm, I see I'm you bu- drunk, I'm you're buzzed. so nervous. I'm buzzed. <laughs> I'm never drunk. <laughs> I got once drunk in college. <laughs> Dan, how you doing? <laughs> Dan, what are you so uptight about? I'm drunk. No, you've never seen. Don't make me feel like I'm vomit. You've never seen me drunk. I feel a vomit coming on. But that's exactly me. I'm scared when I'm drunk. I got drunk, drunk once in college it. because I didn't I know. Like and so, so I, I said, I'm a very, very. I believe I'm a very warm and friendly drunk. But I did discover one thing about myself. I know the same thing, and I and I, but I, I learned to assiduously avoid it. If I lose my temper when I've been drinking, if I find that it can it can be worse than not drinking. I'm not quick to lose my temper or anything like that, but when, like, like, so when I was a boss or whatever it is, and something, if something really bad would happen or yeah. like an argument or something, I said, listen, I'm not, not now. I, I will have to deal with this. Like, you, I would would like, you would like David Banner. You wouldn't like me when I'm uh, drunk and mad. Exactly, exactly right. <laughs> you wouldn't like you me when I'm drunk and mad. Guy. Right. <laughs> you don't want my clothes to start ripping here. So, so I did learn that about myself, that I, that I would, that I, my emotion would explode. But it wouldn't happen more often. It might even happen less when I was drunk. But I learned to avoid that. You know what does that to me? Cocaine. <laughs> we might as well go on out there, right? <laughs> see, what kind of phobia should I have? Coke phobia. You take. You ever done cocaine, Dan? At one time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it did. to offset the nausea. <laughs> <laughs> no, because a girl said, "Hey, you want to do some cocaine?" And I thought, "Oh, this could lead to sex." Yeah. What I didn't realize is that it only leads to sex when it's your cocaine. <laughs> Because I can't. How am I going to leverage? How am I, I going to leverage her cocaine into sex? Hey, you want to do that next line? You got to suck my dick, but it's my coke. <laughs> so that's not going to happen. Uh, but anyhow, it didn't yeah. do anything to me. I went to bed after. Hashtag her too. Hashtag uh, <laughs> I went. I went to bed after. It literally felt nothing. Maybe it was. Maybe it was talcum powder for all I know. But I, it didn't affect. I've me never done cocaine. I've never done cocaine either. No, real. Oh, okay. I have a weird. What about I have Shai, a weird thing. Shai, Well, speaking of cocaine, okay. yeah. Shy Lee. She did it on top of Mount Everest. It's from. <laughs> she climbed Mount Everest. You climbed Mount Everest. Well, that's the same thing as coke. Let's get an intro going. You're from Nepal. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you don't know Nepal, that's uh, if you've seen The Golden Child, that was where that took place, <laughs> I believe. Did it not? <laughs> yeah, it's funny that's your reference for Nepal. Also, where, is that the one that's right above India, or where is it? We're right in, it's in, in between it's India the and China. Though, Just right? a quick question about Nepal before we get to you: mm-hmm. Is what the hell's going on with your flag? You got the only flag that's not yeah. a rectangle. 
Am yeah, I right? Isn't it lovely? It's beautiful. Have it's you, you know what the Nepalese different. flag is? No. It it's looks like uh, like like fangs almost. It's it's like two. I don't know how how to describe. It's not fangs. It's like two triangles. It's like two triangles. One triangle. with the sun and one with the moon. And then the idea is that we're going to be strong and together, united as a nation. As long as there's but it's the not sun a, it's and the moon. not rectangular. It, it's, it's not. It's two triangles. It's two triangles yeah. together. One on yeah, top very of the other. Odd. It's the only and flag, the as only far one. as I know, that does that. Sorry. I believe it's the only flag that is not of the standard rectangular yeah. flag shape. Yeah. So uh, take of that what you will. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaili is 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 a mountain climber. Are you a Sherpa? No, I'm not. A like, what? Sherpa is an ethnicity. Oh, is it's it an ethnicity? I thought it was title. a job. Oh, I didn't know it's, that. I didn't it's know an that ethnicity, either. and it's also a job title when you're working in the mountains. Um, right. So I'm it's not an ethnicity a and a job title. <laughs> yes. That's kind of funny. Yeah. You're like, well, you're working in a kitchen here. You're an Italian. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think there's that. Any, I mean, you could say like, oh, he's my, you know, yeah, but I don't know. But it's also a word in English now. Oxford Dictionary added... Uh, the word Sherpa, it's basically a team of people who make um, any kind of summit or conference um, make to like work to make it successful. So you could be a Sherpa if you're working for a conference. Mm. But I would never be accepted by the Sherpa at the ethnic the Sherpa Sherpas. people. I mean, you have to be born a Sherpa to be an ethnic Sherpa, so I'm not a Sherpa. I'm so do most of the Sherpa people, is that their job, or the, some of them don't want to do it? So the little bit of history is, is like that Amish? Sherpas are Highlanders uh, in the Himalayas, so when the Western people started coming in trying to climb these mountains, they needed to hire local people for right. all sorts of work. So the easiest, the common sense thing was to hire the local people. Wow. And over the years, when people learned that when you're a Sherpa, the Westerns are going to hire you and pay you good money, then people of other ethnicity would also go and say that I'm a Sherpa. So over the years, it became a job title as well. So, oh, wow. I dig yeah. it. That's interesting. So if I'm working in the mountain, I could be a Sherpa. They used to say that like when the Jew used to open up the dry goods store in the south. They might say, <laughs> you we're going to the Jew store. <laughs> they did that. It was, no, it was called the Jew store. Really? And, yeah, that's a bit of, a bit of history for you. Um, <laughs> so you've, you've climbed Mount Everest. Yes, I did that. To the top. To the top. Yes, that's a very common question I get asked all the time. No, I'm just saying I know that a lot of people have climbed it, but they said the climbing to the top is like a, is a different Another thing. Another level? Yeah, yeah. It's like 29,000 feet. So Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. It's How long does it take? Um, it took us 45 days. How many days? 45 days? Yeah. And no, but that's because you took your time. You were partying on base camp for, for three of those weeks. <laughs> yeah, like partying is uh, what, like hiking maybe eight hours every single day. It takes wow. uh, 10 days of hikes to get to the base camp once you're off the aircraft. Ten and then, days. And then you go to the first camp, um, you spend two nights there, you come back to base camp, and then you spend a couple of days again. Then you go to the second camp, spend a night or two there, come back to base camp. Well, why do you do that? To adjust to the altitude? To, yeah, it's just too high. Our bodies just cannot function normally, so we need to acclimate. So we're giving our oh, body wow. that time. So in all of that process, it takes awfully long time. So you're training your body to get used to the, that's, the that's that yeah. You have to do that in Denver a little bit. If you go there the first day, it's, it's a little little dangerous to be running full throttle. Yeah, that's why Obama lost a debate. That's why he lost a debate in Denver? <laughs> oh, I've heard that before. That's right. I, I, I actually a, thought that was real, all... When he did theory. that first debate against Mitt Romney where he was all yeah. his game, yeah, yeah. He was, it was in Colorado, and he, 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 they say he, likely he wasn't acclimated to the, to the climate. I mean, he wasn't the Barack Obama we all knew. Right. So that seemed like a perfectly good explanation to me. Fatigue, I've yeah. That. I've, I've, I've been home and uh, when I played ball and tried to play ball, and I, I almost fainted. My buddy tried to help me home, but that was nowhere near that altitude. <laughs> but is, is there a ball court on top of Everest? A basketball court on top of Everest? Oh, no. <laughs> well, but the top is like, is it like, 
the top is it like flatter? Like I think of it as a. It's point. just a gradual slope. It's not a. It's not a pinnacle. It's not a tower. It's just a gradual slope. Well, like how do you know you're at the tippy top? Because there's nothing else. Oh yeah, that would make that. that would make sense. That's how but is it? Is it a flat out. place you can stand on the it's, top? Yeah, it's it's just it's just like this. It's a gradual slope, and then you realize there is nowhere higher to go. Everything on the planet is now below you. So what, what month? So what's, yeah, what's the temperature when you're up there? Yeah. I don't know when the what the temperature was when I was there because the idea of climbing is you want to be at the summit when it's really crisp, clear, no snow, no wind. So it was a good day when I was there. It was a good view. I could see all of Tibet, Nepal, the mountains. The yeah, wow. coat or what? Do you, uh, uh, layers and layers of layers. mountain, so it's cold. mountain gear. Yeah. So let me ask you this because I always want to know this. Like for the few people that have been up there, when you get there. Like, do you just, do you get up there and you're like, all right, let's get a picture. Okay, let's head back down. Or do you, do you hang out there for a minute? You take a selfie. Um, it depends on weather. Weather is the most important thing. But uh, you go there, you hug your friends, you take few pictures. Uh, just the view. The view is So you have pictures amazing. up there. Yeah, you take pictures. Yeah, and if you have sponsors, you have to make sure you take pictures, make your sponsors happy. So that, Who's I was your sponsor? I mean, we had government of Nepal. We had grape nuts, a lot cereal. Of, uh, United <laughs> <Nations>. <laughs> Unfortunately, Ugg at boots. the time, boots. the private sector. Um, you know, our economy is very different from the economy in the United States. So let's just say we had the government and the nonprofits there for a women's team more than the private sector. Well, next time you go, you take a comedy seller shirt with you, maybe. You take a selfie. <laughs> next time, you, that's it's, you it's, stop by. Is comedy get, seller no, sponsoring my next climb? Because I want to go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> how, much, how much does it cost to sponsor? For Everest? Oh, oh. for your next climb. What are, how much are you looking for? Um, depends what mountain I want to climb. Yes, anywhere, how much. Anywhere between 60K <laughs> to 100K. Oh, that's, oh no, that's, that's much too much. <laughs> oh, that's how, I did you not know, think it was that much. You, Jew, is, Jew is a profession, too. <laughs> so. Wait, so when you're on your way up there, do you see... Are you seeing stuff people and an left? Ethnicity. Are you seeing stuff people left on the way up there? Um, yes. So you like, people leave flags, people leave little trinkets, or people leave like all sorts of stuff? Um, not so much. People used to do that on the top, but so in the top there is the Buddhist prayer flags. So it's kind of beautiful, but it's probably not good for the environment. Um, lower, on the lower slopes, uh, there are tents from previous expeditions. There are There's wow. also dead people on that. That's map. what I was they're, thinking. They're dead people, people. They, that's a tradition is that if you die on the mountain, they don't take you back. They it's, leave you there. It's not necessarily a tradition. It's what your family or you had made a wish for. So if I, if, as a climber, I said, if I die on the mountain, leave me on the mountain, that's what my family would do. So, or but did you see, you didn't so see you, any of those people. I, I did. You saw some, you saw frozen people there? Yes, I did. I saw three dead bodies from previous expeditions. Whoa! And it would be a, a great place to murder somebody. Like mount, mount, <laughs> mount, mount, I mean, you don't have to murder. You're, you're probably going to die yourself. <laughs> but what kind of forensic team are you going to be able to get up there to investigate a murder? I mean, you're There's no sheriff up there. <laughs> I have heard mountain climbers, uh, mountain instructors saying that we have the license to kill. That's the new law and order. Law and order. That's <laughs> a great, that'd be a great, a great time. Mount Compton. Murder on Mount Compton. <laughs> <laughs> And what, what, if you, what if you get sick on a mountain? Who, who, is there, I mean, what can, what, how can anybody get up there to help you? Um, if you're lucky, uh, at the base camp, there's, there's a medical team and everything. So at the base camp, it's fine. So up there, that's why you have to, that's why it takes 45 days. You have to stay super healthy. 
strong idea is not to get sick if things go wrong then uh, you quickly descend and if things get worse there have been instances where people have been left to die on the mountain and then the sherpas the other climbers have rescued them down some of them so made it some of them there's, there's didn't. no airborne vehicle that can come up there with like a rope ladder up and get to, you up to the second camp um, which is uh, maybe 20,000 feet i'm not good with feet it's like 6,300 meters um, there's been helicopter rescue up to the second camp but but and how, still what percentage of, of the mountain is that half three quarters um probably One. just a bit less than half a bit less than half yeah so after you get to the top, then how long, because usually it's way shorter coming down. How, how fast can you get down? Mm, so from the base camp, you stop at other camps in between. So you probably you'd need four days to get up to the summit once you've made your final summit move from the base camp. Mm -hmm. And then once you've made it to the summit, it's three, it's three days to come back down. So the final, final thing is four days up and three days down. Mm. But the entire expedition is 45 days because of... The up, I down, up, up down, down, up yeah. down, up down. So that's, that's Mount Everest. You have, and now you're climbing another mountain. You want to be a stand-up comic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I am one already. <laughs> well, you, 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 I would, I, given uh, that you're a mountain climber, I assume you have to be in top mental shape. You know, they don't take... Uh, your average mountain climber is not uh, on Prozac, for example. Your average comedian is. And your average comedian <laughs> is. And you, or, or has no some, Zach to Prozac. Or some sort of substance problem. No, not at all. I, you have to be in tip-top mental shape yeah. to, to do what you're doing, you're which means that it. you may be ill-fitted <laughs> for the stand-up stand comedy world, but I don't want to count you out yet. Uh, you know, it, it, it could be... Stand-up might have room for a well-adjusted person, and we've never been tried that. Here's what, uh, what happened, was that um, even before I started climbing, I, when I would be in situations, I would find a part of my brain thinking of funny thoughts and it'd always be there and I had no idea there was a thing called stand-up. This is still 2007. Nepal has I, no stand-up. There's no stand-up in Nepal at all. Oh, yeah, so, Russell Peters, that's and it. Then, and then <laughs> I was like, shut up, Shaili, you're being crazy and I would just have this struggle and then I found out about stand-up and I was like, oh, it's an art form, you could do something with it. So I started writing down things, I started working on my script and then I started climbing and I realized on my darkest days, my darkest hours, when I should be crying and depressed and praying to the Lord, there would be a part of my brain that would be thinking of something very, very silly. And then I was like, okay, I have to do this. There's a voice well, who, in my head. How did you find out that stand-up existed in your part of the world? Stand-up completely unknown. YouTube. Uh, yeah. Oh, there you have it. Got to get that page going, Danny. What an amazing invention YouTube is. Yeah. Wait, so and you, then how also did you Seinfeld. You accidentally, Seinfeld, yes. Yeah. You accidentally stumbled on a YouTube a video of stand-up? Of Dan Natterman. I think around 2007, 2008, like, YouTube was, you know, just coming up, and then we, we started... Um, internet used to be very, very expensive, so watching videos In was Nepal. like... Yeah, it was a super luxury. But then there would be these videos, like, two-minute videos, and you had to watch it. So then I'm like, oh, people do this. And then Seinfeld also started airing, and uh, he'd always well, Seinfeld the only show. started in Nepal in 2008 or 20. Um, I mean, I started watching then. I'm sure okay. it started before, probably, but I I became aware of it around mm. then. Now, does it translate? Like, will yes. the humor translate? Uh, yes, that's a very good question. When I thought I wanted to do stand up in the U.S., my first thing was like, I'm not from here, not born, not educated, nothing. Like, I, I, I won't be, I don't understand most of the comics when I go to a regular comedy show. And I was like, I have no chance in the U.S. I'm not going to be able to make it at all. And then I was like, when I watch Seinfeld, when I watch Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres, when I watch Chris Rock, any of these top comics, I understand 100%. 
So I was like, mm, if you're really that good, then yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe they'll understand so me. When you would watch Seinfeld, were you aware how Jewy he was? Like, did that, <laughs> did that come through? And they uh, not no at idea, all. Right? As kids, growing up in Nepal, and there are tourists, right? So when 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 we see tourists, I bet there was a time when I was a kid when a black man walked, and I would say, look at that white man. So to to me, all foreigners were white. That's so awesome. Was, I need to yeah. go to Nepal. <laughs> <laughs> it was, all I had to do was go to Nepal all this time to be white? And I Hell had no I idea I was brown. I had no idea. I was, I was called, my nickname at home is black. My oh. uncles still call me black. Really? Yes. So why, the they whole, call, why do they call you black? Because as a kid, I used to be um, oiled and put in the sun, which is the normal thing they do for kids. So I, I <laughs> was sunburned. I was, I was sunburned completely, and they, they started calling me black. My uncles ah. still call me black. And then, um, so when, when we're looking at the United States or the Western world from this very small window of Hollywood and maybe CNN, um, then you knew you weren't black. Is, there That's is, funny. There is no Jews. It's funny you said Hollywood and CNN. Like, you can't tell. You can't tell Jew and How did else. you, uh, your English, the, the Nepalese, I assume, is the is the native tongue of Nepal. Nepali, yeah. Yes. Now, but your English is, as I hear it, very, very good indeed. Very good. A lot better than I'll say that, if I may. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying her, English, ahead, her can... English is, at be- is at, I would say, is that he doesn't have you opening for him anymore. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> more, I would say it's at more or less native level. I'm going to give you 0.95 percent native level. Okay. From what I hear. Yeah. Now that only may be because there's stuff you're not saying because you can't say it. But the stuff I'm hearing you say, mm-hmm. you're saying it with perfect fluidity and native level fluency. Totally. To my ears. Okay. Now how the hell did that happen? You said you didn't even know what a black man was. How the hell you speak <laughs> I, English I knew, like that? I knew black and I knew a bit of black history, but like the, the just the words we use for foreigners in Nepal. But the point is, is you come yeah. from a society that seems to be cut off in many ways, and yet your English is is, is very, very good. Well, uh, in school, we're taught the alphabets, the language, grammar, everything from a really young uh, you're taught age. taught so English at a young age. Yeah. Okay, they teach yes. you at a young age. Yeah. Hey, see, there you go, Noam. That's What's the that? answer. The question is, they teach them in English. school English. they teach them English. Uh, yeah. They taught me Spanish. I can't speak a word. I, I have they a, teach it a, intensively. There's a film crew here, and I apparently, you know, I, I, I got to start writing things down because I agree to stuff all week long, and I don't ever remember <laughs> what I agreed to. I, I know it's just such an easy thing to keep a calendar. But but anyway, I, well, what's the film crew here? For? I don't know. I don't know. I know. I, <laughs> I, know, I know that Hustler magazine is coming here to do something. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but I don't. I don't think it's them. I don't know what it is. We're going to find out in a second. But I just. I have to be too. Well, that could be interesting to integrate into our uh, show here. You know. <laughs> so, 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 like, you're a stand-up comic. Where do you perform? Uh, mostly in Nepal, but I've started performing in the U.S. as well. So, doing a few shows here. And and um, uh, are you a professional comic? Or you hope to be. Um, I make money in Nepal doing comedy. In, in, in Nepal, you're, so, you are, so that makes you professional comedy. Yeah. Think, uh, the, the, in, in Nepalese or in English? Um, both. In Nepal, I perform in yeah different shows, both, but mostly English. My yeah. four-year-old said to me, "Dad, I'm going to be a this is I, I mean I, I this, oh, you were there. He says I'm going to be a professional football player. This is uh, Manny. Yeah, he's four, and I said, oh, that's great. I said, do you know what professional means? He goes. Yeah, someone will hire me. <laughs> <laughs> he already knows what it means. <laughs> and he 
he said to me like, like, like I'm a jackass. Like, don't you know? What I, I could not believe. I was like, I don't know where or where he got this. I well, I didn't know you could make money doing stand up until very recently. So, oh, you're not, yeah. <laughs> It's not easy to make money stand up. Yeah. No. Oh, so yourself, so you why is there a big English speaking, uh, you say you do comedy mostly in English in Nepal? Mm -hmm. Who's in the audience? Uh, Nepalese mostly, and Goats. I, I think we have. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. Listen, she, kidding. Kidding. she climbed Mount Everest, okay? I know, I know, I know. I'm kidding. Who is it? I'm joking around. Oh, the French thing. Okay. I mean, can we it, have can audiences. Um, yeah, the Nepalese. Like I said, we, we go to school. Why is English. Ted Alexander doing something with a French thing? Oh, you're the only, you're the only one? That's right. Uh, no, I'm not the only the, one, uh, but it just seems okay. that there's French people Actually, here. Actually, maybe you want me to do this. There's a French, there's apparently there's a French comedian mm -hmm. who is accused of, of stealing material. Oh, from oh. Ted. Oh, okay. Oh, he's accused of stealing from yes, Ted. Yes, and it's true. Yeah. And okay. uh, apparently, yeah. Is he here too? Uh, the comedian? Yeah. No, I don't I believe doubt he is. it. I doubt it. So yeah. they wanted to talk to me about it. Not that I know anything about anything, but they wanted to talk to me about it. So like, they're probably going to ask me, like, what do I think about people stealing material? Maybe, should, maybe you guys give me some answers. What do I think about people stealing material? <laughs> well, they don't like it. Nobody knows about <laughs> it. Was, and it's funny. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I was interviewed. I was, Keep going. A, I was recently interviewed on a French show called uh, uh, Stupefion. Yeah, uh, and they did. What does that mean? I mean, stupefying, like, oh, incredibly. Okay, yeah. And I uh, th and it was it was a segment on jokes on French comedians stealing jokes in America. Yeah, wow. And, and so I don't know if this is the same show or related, but they asked me if you know if that happens in America, and I explained, and I I think I'm correct when I, I saw say, the video. It's word for word. Do, do you guys have a little bit of time, or did I don't remember? Did we set up a time? No, oh, we didn't say a time. Okay, okay. <laughs> so but uh, I explained to them that in America, yeah. if you steal your You'll be ostracized yeah. by the other comedians. The punish yeah. We're not going to sue you, but you're going to be looked down upon and ostracized by the other comedians. And there is a grace period. You do get a chance to uh, to fix you the can situation. You can defend yourself. Yeah. I don't know if there's a like you can defend yourself and say I didn't steal it, and here's why. But if you if you stole it, you stole it. And that's and oh, if you stole it, you stole it. But if you stole it, and they go and you go with parallel thinking. You can turn around you, and, you and, can, and people yeah, you, forgive you, you for that. You can defend yourself and yeah, say yeah, it yeah. is stealing. Yeah, right. Yeah, but 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 I mean, people who people who do that, most of what they're doing is not original anyway. So that's a very tough defense for joke thieves. Uh, not this, not the thing that they're filming for. It's I saw the video. It's like word for word. No, it's no, just, that's what I'm I, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'll saying that the, I'm saying the people that do steal. I'm looking these at are not very original comedians. So that's a very it's very tough to defend yourself. If you're a hack type of guy anyway yeah, and you're yeah. saying I didn't steal this, you probably stole it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I'm probably it's, it's very comic, general. My struggle is um, original versus unique. There are thoughts that are original, like when I trust me, when I thought, Wow, why is Kim Kardashian famous? That was a very original thought, but it's not unique. Right. So that's something I struggle with all the time. Well, original versus unique. But, but, uh, but, but, the, but original and unique are kind of the same thing. I, is it? Yes, yes. I think I mean, maybe. Talk, may, talk in, let talk I, mean, I may have to downgrade your hold English on, level. Hold on. Go, yeah. ahead. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Hi. Just to let you know that we are from the, the French 60 Minutes. And from France the too. main French public TV channel, we are preparing this TV report about the fact that there's, uh, we are discovering that there's plagiarism in, 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 in French comedy. And a lot of our most famous French comics are yes. copying. Copying Ted Alexandro, copying um, uh, Johnny Gold, uh, and many, many others. So I just would like to have your reaction about this. Um, that's not so noisy in France. That's not a huge scandal. I would like to know what's your point of view here to discover that your main humorists, your main comics, 
a copied, copied like this. Okay, and you know what? We'll give you this audio if you want for the if it'll help you delay. Who's the? You know, we have a show. Sixty minutes here. Show. So wait, wait, just, just install that. Hold on, hold on. Will they be? Able, will you be able to hear it on the <laughs> microphone? We can hear you. Listen, we have, there is a problem with with joke thievery everywhere. There's comedy. Everywhere. Everywhere there's comedy, and as a matter of fact, there there been in the old days there were some famous comedians who would come in here. I guess we could say it now. Like like Robin Williams was reputed to. Uh, be a, a yeah, joke, famous, famous joke thief. For, yeah. Be a joke thief. Uh, I'm not saying he was, but that that was um, some allegedly. Com- some comedians allegedly. Some comedians would get off the stage when he would come in. And Carlos right. Mencia. But then there's this extra layer here that that some some people will will sending in music. Some people will take something, but somehow they'll then they'll make it their own in in some way. And right. it may still not be okay, but at least they're they're talented. Like but some people will take it word for word. Right. Well know? speaking speaking to that, what you're talking about about people trying to make stuff their own. I remember the first time I had that happen to me, somebody still a joke and a buddy of mine named JB Smooth who's on Curb Your Enthusiasm right now. We know JB. He, yeah, Name JB JB turned it turned it on me and he said, Hey John, joke thieves will always have to wait. Number one. Number two, make the joke so yours that if someone steals it, the whole room will turn and be like, don't do that. That's right. John's joke. Yeah. And I had that happen to me at a television show. Someone was about to do my joke on a television show. Will Silvins will tell you. In L.A., and comedians were like, don't even think about doing that. It's John's joke. So I've always taken the approach. If, if I'm doing a joke and it's, it's similar to someone else's, either someone says, hey, someone's got a joke like that, either throw it out. You know what I mean? Or find a way to make it so your own that if someone even tries it, they'll feel uncomfortable. Well, I, 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 I got two, two things I want to say. I'm sorry, Dan. First of all, I, but on the road, they will really steal your jokes. Because I, as before oh, opening yeah. Vegas, I, I went around to see Vegas clubs. And like, you guys don't know this, but Greg Rogel used to have a bit. It was a letter from Santa Claus. And he would take out the letter and it was written. It was, it was, it was, like, a, it was like a real, very unique bit. And I saw a guy do Rogel's bit word for word wow. with the letter. But like, no, no shame. And, and that's how good the joke should be. Yeah. There should and be so killed. detailed. And it kills. Right. It yeah. should be so detailed that as soon as you see it, you're like, no, that's Greg Rogel's joke. But here's I, the question. When you find somebody really stealing your joke, you can kick the shit out of them? What do you do? You know what? If I do, people would say, you know, John was drunk and coked up last night. So, I, so you know, I can't. I don't have the ability to do that. But the business will weed them out. You'll be stuck in some bunker in Vegas. You'll but never not always, work. Though. You'll, you'll never. But I'm. I don't think Carlos you, Mencia still sells out comedy clubs and theaters. I I think that. Um, the, you know what? I'll say this. He anytime, did, he did any, Bill Cosby joke any, on TV. Anytime you can name names, there aren't that many. No, it's true. But I'm saying it still doesn't mean every every joke thief. I'm just saying right. they can get by. But, I, but I'm just saying I'm just saying if, if that's the name, the one name we can think of, then I think that the business is working pretty I, good. I will, yeah. I, will, I will say this. Is I don't think the public cares. I think the comedians care. And if you steal a joke, you will be ostracized and you will become a pariah, and that will be your main punishment. I don't think if you can if you can get in front of the public, I don't think the average member of the public cares. No, no. They don't think it's a thing. I don't, I don't think in today's time you can you can get by. It's it's changed. There's there's all this internet and everything and. As, an, no, as, get, an, as a fan, get, if yeah. I know, if I'm not in comedy, even other actors, other whatever, right. painters, if I know, because now I can know. Maybe 20 years ago, I couldn't know. So today, I think as, as a follower, as a fan, I care, and it might take time, but it's, it's not cool, and, and public will get to that. But I think you, we're going towards that time, not a time where public when Car- care. When Carlos Mencia scandal broke, and I went online, and I looked at the YouTube video of comparing Carlos Mencia's joke, 
I'm not going to say whether Carlos stole it or not. What I am going to say is a lot of the YouTube comments were he made it his own, he did it better. They who just cares? they justified the these, stealing. These were his fans, though. I don't think these were the public, right? And but, I don't think they gave a shit. No, they stole. don't care. I, I I agree. I'm just because they want to like him, and they already do like him. But I'm just saying, I think the business though weeds those people out. I don't think that it's easy for you to work in the in the circles oh, that yeah. we want to work in. Yeah, that's one thing. If, if also, you do that, I think also, that we will get rid of you. Yeah, but what, if you go, what if you go to a foreign country and well, pick up some what, jokes in a foreign country? This is what we're talking on. about. Yes, sir. Then, yes, yes. Speak into the, the mic. mic in the mic. In the mic. Yes, then may I ask you? Maybe you may indeed. Been, yes. Maybe you have been talking about this before I, I arrived. A little bit more in the mic. May I ask you just to to to, to talk uh, for two minutes about the French aspect? The French aspect that you know very well. These French comedians. You see, I'm, we I'm very well about. known in France. You, you've heard of me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Did you see me on Stupefion? Exactly. With Léa Salomé? Yes, in, in France 2. Because I work for France 2. This is the same channel. Same they channel. are doing... The short reports, we, we are doing the long reports. Okay, they did uh, it the so, shorter report. So that yeah. was just a training for you. Yeah. Now you're in the, <laughs> the, big, <laughs> the big thing. Now you're in the big okay, thing. Okay, so, so just if you, you can have questions. And just about the French aspect of this, this French culture of stalling. I, I would appreciate, please. Go ahead. You yeah. wanted me to talk about the French aspect? I let so you yes, think it's like I an epidemic? Together. You know a lot about that. I know that you know a lot. You have been working with and I'm pretty sure that you get some trouble with him. <laughs> about being paid, about... I well, know, I'm not I, going uh, there. Well, I, you, I do not force you to... You know the to, expression, to, don't go there? It's an English expression. I'll let Means. you talk about this, please. <laughs> well, uh, there, I, I, there is uh, <laughs> accusations... <laughs> What's the accusation of stutters. certain French comedians that they take... You know that, feeling you, that fear you have of vomiting? <laughs> <laughs> there are French comedians that have been accused of taking English jokes from Americans, translating them into French, and using them. And um, But, you know, I have to say of the French comedians that I've worked with, and I had not seen this, but I did see the video. I haven't seen it among the French comedians that I work with. I have not witnessed stealing any jokes. Uh, I did see the video um, of, I guess, Tomer Sisley. You That's know, the one I saw. I some think. couple of others. And, yeah, it's quite... Uh, those videos are quite, uh, you know, convincing in, in, in that I think those jokes were stolen. But what, what do you want me to talk about exactly? Your opinion. My opinion ask, is you should Ask him any question you want. Go ahead. All around this table because, uh, I, in fact, many, many uh, comics told me, okay, copying from time to time, the same inspiration from time to time. That's things then happen. But copying just like this, an exact verbatim, yes. we never saw that before. So it's not, it's not copying inspiration, it's, it's about plagiarism. Mm. Yeah, well, I, obviously I we're, very like much, know, we're very much against it. I just would like to know your point of view here around the table. You are all professionals yeah. of, of, of standard. Well, Noam is a, not a stand-up, but he, he is a restaurant owner, and if you steal his recipe <laughs> for, <laughs> for, for roasted chicken, <laughs> there's going to be consequences. <laughs> but, but I will say that we're, of course, 100% dead set against it. We, you know, um, this notion of stealing it and making your own, no, that doesn't wash. We, 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 for me, you know, I don't even accept jokes if somebody says, here's a joke, I wrote a joke, I think you'd be, I think you'd tell it well. I say to them, no, I don't want it because I won't feel pride of ownership. Now, s some people might take it. A lot of people do. But if somebody says to me, Dan, I, I saw your joke about, you know, that joke you did about uh, whatever it is. French people. French people, Canada, <laughs> the Canadian prime minister. Here's something you could add to that joke to make it funny. I'll say, I don't want it. 
Mm-hmm. Don't even tell it to me because if I hear it, it might have been something I had thought of anyway. And I, I, to me, the fun is knowing that I wrote it. If I stole jokes and became a millionaire stealing jokes, I would hate myself. Right. So I don't know how people do it. I don't know about and a millionaire. Feel good about themselves. <laughs> Look, it, it, uh, I think among comedians, it's considered despicable. Oh, it's like totally. the, low, yeah. the lowest yeah. form of life. Totally. And, and 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 if you think about it, there's no genre where by stealing something from somebody, you really suck everything out of I it. Mean, like like if you if you take riffs or something in music, whatever it is. You know, it still gets buried in you as an artist, and and no one, a musician's not going to freak out. It's almost except like if, if you if, if you if you go to France and write yesterday, and say, "Well, I wrote yesterday." That's kind of what it's like. I mean, it's an outrage, right. and there's and an anxiety and, around worried that you're going to do it. So, like, there's I, I know with my friends, I'll text my friends, "Does somebody do this? Does somebody do this?" All day because mm-hmm. you're so nervous you're going to do it. Because you don't want to have that stigma on top of you. You don't want to have the thing, he steals jokes. So you'll be like, hey, I have this idea. And like, everybody has one friend that like, has an encyclopedic knowledge of everybody's jokes. So and that, for me, that's Mark Norman. Mark Norman knows everybody's jokes. So you'll write to him and say, Mark Normand? Mark Normand, yes. <laughs> and he'll go and he'll say yes or yeah, you're nay, or somebody does it if he, if he knows or whatever. Yeah. But it's true. So it is a very, it's a very touchy subject. I, I, I mean, I think the other thing, too, though, I think, unfortunately, people have no idea how tough it is to come up with a good joke. Mm-hmm. I mean, a really, really good joke that works across the board. Because everyone's made someone laugh before. And we make it look easy until you walk up there. And then that's why people are like, oh, this is the toughest art form. People have no idea how difficult it is. Yeah. So when it's stolen, it feels like, wow, you stole a jewel. Dan makes it look hard, but that's his shtick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he makes it look like he's about to throw up the whole time. But, but then he from, doesn't. Where I come from. Jay Lee, by the way, is for, the, for our French uh, audience, is from Nepal. Mm-hmm. And she climbed Mount Everest. She climbed Mount Everest. Climbed Which Mount has been Everest. done before, by the way, no, but it's all right. <laughs> but where I come from, I have seen, I have seen very professional comics, um, that part of the world, very famous, very rich, uh, big following and everything. Um, do internet jokes. And internet jokes. Yeah, and it's so it it's still in. If we turn something you. on today, there could be a very famous comic, um, and I'm not talking about just one country like that reason. I have seen that, and it goes. And but now, like I said before, the audiences are growing, like. What's the word More, for it? More um, sophisticated. Sophisticated. Sophisticated, yeah. and they're like, no, heard this, and you know, this is from Let me tell you guys something. So I've had three jokes of mine stolen. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> I have seen three times something that I said. Well, something you said in a conversation. Up, up on stage. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and two out of the three times, I the eye contact between, and it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> these weren't jokes, no. And these were ideas that you had... Uh, discussed. Yes, that's true. Stage. They were they were very they weren't they were not jokes. It wasn't set up punchline, but mm-hmm. they were very discreet premises. And I believe the premises are the really hard thing to come up with. Not necessarily. Well, but, not necessarily. Well, a premise I, that hasn't been done before. Well, yeah, when I look at tough. like Chris Rock, what makes him so remarkable to me is the originality of his premises. Like it's like, like like it, that seems to me to me. Well, the, it the depend, greater talent. It depend, well, you're wrong. Uh, it depends. <laughs> you may maybe you should try to get some better premises. You, you may be wrong. Well, my premises. Are, oh, Dan. You may be joke. you may be right with regard to Chris Rock, but everybody's different. My jokes, you know, uh, the punchline. It, I worked up almost a year on that cousin Sheila joke. I the idea that you know sending a text message to the wrong person. Yeah. 
that, you know, I couldn't get the right punchline. It took me about a year to come up with the Cousin Sheila yeah. punchline. That's what I mean you about... You me. You ever send a dirty text, and then like a second later, you realize you send it to the wrong person? <laughs> that happened to me the other day. Uh, and I, I was about to send another text to apologize when my aunt actually did send me a picture of her boobs. So, uh... <laughs> like, the worst time for me that I ever texted the wrong person, I texted by mistake, come over, I'm horny, to my cousin Sheila. <laughs> I apologize, I was like, sorry, cousin Sheila, that, that was actually meant for somebody else, so uh, sorry you came all the way over here. <laughs> but that's what I mean about how difficult it is to get a good joke. It's not the way it looks on stage. It's a lot of, a lot of being in the kitchen cooking and, and and trying different things it's not as simple as it looks and that's where the that's where the atrocity is you took something that took this guy a year to make mm -hmm. do you know what i mean you can't just churn these things out the way we make it look it doesn't work that way it's a long grueling process and then you snatch it i don't know it's like like watching a baby seal now killed. people have not i have not had a problem with people stealing my jokes at least as far as i know they might do it on the road it could be because my jokes are buried in my character to some right. extent, and it would be hard for to steal my jokes. Uh, and it should be for the average comedian that doesn't have my point of view and my your, persona. Also, your cadence of your voice. Can I? Can I I'm sorry. Can I say something else? That we 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 need to remember that intellectual property yeah. is property, mm -hmm. and stealing it is stealing it. And and we all bend this rule in our own mind. We download from the internet. We all. When it's easy. Yeah, but we don't go sing it on stage 20 minutes later. No, I'm just saying. And it, charge people to get in. I'm just saying stealing really is stealing. And and uh, we need to remember that. You know, I, like I, I watched uh, Louis's movie uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a, you know, it's not out. Like I, I got a hold of it and, yeah. and watched it. I immediately sent him an email. I owe you fifteen dollars. Stole your movie <laughs> because even though I knew he wouldn't care in your gut, it bothered me. I'm like you know what? It just not Lisa. Not not have to not have to worry about it. All you know? clear. All clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard of guys I, on the road that go up on stage and go, "Hey, who likes Jerry Seinfeld?" And everybody cheers and they go, "Want to hear some of his jokes?" <laughs> and they just say his jokes. But but I, I, I you know, know what? I, I, that's, no that's a whole lot better. That's, that's a whole lot better. Uh, because there was credit given? Yeah, that makes a huge difference. It's, it's but, different. But, but, it's better, but, but, but not but, too much. But it's not to, stealing. But, but to me... It's not stealing. But it's not you're, stealing. You're, you're stealing laughs in a way. You're still performing the... I, I, just, I just don't see how you can charge money for that, what though. How, that's, how that's do you a, walk out of there with the money? That's up to the customer if they want to pay for it. But that's my... You, you, you're making money off of my song. Well, yeah, I, I, can, I can go out and play a Beatles song. That's quite different than saying, hey, listen to this song I wrote. Right. It's, it is different. No, it is Maybe different. it's not okay or it is okay. No, but you're right. Morally... It's a huge thing to right. say, but you're not, I, but I'm not original. You know, but you're, I, I can't but you're, come up but you're with a not joke. pretending it's yours. At least you're not that, that's yours. an interesting question, though, Noam. If, I, if there's a cover band, does that cover band have to pay royalties to the original artist? Yes. The, the, club, the club pays uh, ASCAP and BMI and stuff like that. Oh, is that true? Yeah, like for Jukebox or whatever it is, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So now yeah. when you play on Friday nights, you play cover songs, but since there's no... Shut up! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, but you're not charging. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, next, Again, on, 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 on next week's on next week's episode of 
Dan can find the angle on any subject. <laughs> to one degree of separation from something, something I did. Well, no, but people, I'm saying because you're not charging a cover to get in here, does, I thought that that meant it was okay. No, it's not okay. Oh, it's not like, okay. Like, no, no, what I know we, we pay, on YouTube is that if you do a cover, the money actually is supposed to go to the original creators, and it does. I know at least of a few Nepali channels that uh, I could do a cover, but the money won't come to me. The money will yeah, go to yeah. the to the rightful owners. There's all kinds of rules. There's compulsory yeah. licenses. I don't know the rules, yeah. but but uh, but one, one thing is for sure: music artists are protected way more than comedians. Oh, way absolutely. Well, that's thinking... because it's obvious when you say, "Here, I, I'm going to play Hey Jude." It's obvious that you're singing Hey Jude. Uh, but, but music is, uh, it, it, not music, stand-up is like a fingerprint, too. Like but, you but, saying. but you, can, but you, you can saw that video. It. That video is as obvious yes, as that, that, that is. Yes, that is. But yeah, you yeah. can manipulate a joke and say, oh, that's not the same joke. I don't think you can do really that that, that well. It's not like music. Stand-up is and, very and the, well, and the question. A lot they, of jokes are... The, the, the question, though, Dan, they were asking, yeah. is it okay to do what this guy did? And they were saying it's flagrant, it's verbatim. Well, yes, that is, in that case, if it's flagrant and verbatim, for, it, it, even if it's not verbatim, it's not okay to do. The question is, is can we prove that he stole it? Right. If it's not verbatim, you have to out, out, out of, oh, I didn't know, I didn't if know you did it. If it's not verbatim, you can always say, you can always say, I didn't know. Yes. Now, I, I have had, I have had. Or that it was a similar idea, but if it's verbatim, then you know they stole it. I've had comedian, a comedian come to me and complain about another comedian who he claims is stealing his material. But it was, you know, like three steps removed. Like he, he changed the country and he changed the joke and the accent wasn't the same. But you could see it was like... A, a, it was a, a derivative. You could see it was in and out. Like, yeah... A, I mean, like, you could totally see, like, let me replace this and this and this with three analogous things and create... But, and I didn't know what to do. Like, I don't know. Like, what am I supposed to do? Well, no. it's, it's, not, lot, it's not obvious because it's not a completely lot of time, 100%. It hadn't, it hadn't occurred to me until, until he... Could, a lot of times... Like, oh, you know, you got a point. A lot of times, too, people do come up with very, very similar jokes oh, yeah. without it being steely. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had a joke about, like, look, you know, masturbating to a Calvin Klein ad, but it was hard because I had to keep up with the buzz. <laughs> I don't love the joke, but it was a joke I wrote years ago. <laughs> I love it. Jim Norton had a joke almost the that exact... Thief. The exact same. I don't for a second think he stole it because I know Jim Norton. And I don't think he stole it. I think it's not that hard a concept. Writing but, but, Hey Jude but, but, is hard. Right. That joke is not. Right. And I think anybody could come up with that joke. And the Cousin Sheila joke, if somebody came up with something similar, I might say, okay, that's fishy. But this particular joke wasn't that hard. And my, my solution to that problem was not to confront Jim because I don't think he stole it. My solution was stop doing the joke. Right. Stop doing the joke. Yes. That was my solution. Come up with something better. Come up with something that, that nobody I, else is going to come up with. I thought Blurred Lines was not stealing of Marvin Gaye. By the way, I thought that was ridiculous. Well, and really, Stevie Wonder really agreed subtle? with me. Well, that's yeah. when it gets down to the legal nitty gritty of it. We're like, even the um, what was that Verve? The Verve when they had that sh they had a string part of the Rolling Stones song. Yeah, yeah, done, and that done. was like it was very light. It was very light in the background. Stone, the Stones won though, I think. They won. Yeah, yeah. They made no money off that song. Those guys. In music, though, I don't think being inspired is as big of a sin because I heard Billy Joel talking once about. Anthony song, you know, moving out to dead, and he told me. Uh, he didn't he tell me. He told me. <laughs> he told me and the other people that were watching the vid, the, the interview, <laughs> that he 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 thought of an idea for a song, and he went to show his band, and the song was Anthony works in a grocery store, saving his penny, and the band said, "You imbecile, that's laughter in the rain by Neil Sedaka." So then Billy Joel said, "Oh, okay, well let me change it around a little bit." 
Anthony works in a grocery <laughs> store. And it was similar uh, rhythmically, but but it was a different song. And and basically, and he also said that Say Goodbye to Hollywood was very much based on um, a, does, a Ronnie Spector song. It does sound yeah. like, it sounds like a Ronnie Spector song. I it forgot does. the Spectres. Uh, oh, do you know? Baby. That was an homage. Yeah. Goodbye, my baby. Goodbye. Say goodbye to Hollywood. It sounds exactly like one of those songs. My friends were always putting me down. Right, right, there you go. Right, yeah. Okay, so so Billy admitted that 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 song was no, based on that, that. And, and and without any but that's music but I that's mean, saying is music may well, not be the same but that's what music can be there's a science that it's based on you can have the same harmony or the same track as, as, as somebody else that's like when when Vanilla Ice was out and he just he tried to pretend that it wasn't under pressure his song dun, wasn't dun, under dun, pressure dun, 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 dun. and he goes he goes I know my song this, uh, the interview have you watched the interview where he goes no ours is dun 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 dun, dun. their song is ding 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 <laughs> <laughs> There's this doom 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 doom. So th- that's why it's harder with comedy because it's like it, you can be like, oh, the more personal something is in comedy, the harder it is to steal. The more general, like that bus joke, that's fairly general. It's a one liner that's easier to steal. That has there's more of a rhythm there. It's easier you- to steal, but it's also easier to come up with independently. So that therefore, I didn't think for a second Jim had stolen. Right, right. But then, then- but also it didn't get to a YouTube video either. Like you know what I'm saying? Like. The things that do get to that point are the ones that you're like, holy shit, that's 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 so similar. There's, there's a problem here. I, I, I will say this. Plagiarism is tremendous. We know this is tremendously tempting, even for people who ought to know they're going to get caught. Like Doris Kern Goodwin's the famous. I mean, like a, like people, when, when they run out of inspiration, I guess, or whatever it is. They, they just can't resist. They, they just think they're... And, and it's very tempting, I guess. Like like being alone in a room with a lot of cash. It's like... Right. It's hard. It's hard or being a bartender. You know, it's hard to resist. Starts off small and goes big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But or it, seeing it, vodka. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people steal. A lot of people... Now, in, in Nepal, but then the fact is, like, these guys are making all these programs and they found out that their French comics were stealing from the American comics... Going, I go back to the same thing that the, obviously agree with you. Like the comics will, you know, the industry will sort of weed them out. But even the audiences, I think we are definitely today. They might not care. A lot of things are changing towards, yeah. I, I think, the good. So here, I mean, yeah. France has found out. Uh, they're making a program. They're here in the United States. We're talking about it. Um, the audience will look down. I don't think you can get very far with that. No, 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 well, no, no. Uh, we'll so? see about that. But um, it may be that in some countries, you said in Nepal they are using internet jokes. Maybe in some countries the the joke writing is not as respected, and so it's the performance. Well, that's Dan, I, I, no, I, I think I, I, it's I, the, the art say, form is just so I'll young. Say, I, yeah, I, I it's so new. I say the reason. I, I didn't say a specific country. It's I've seen artists across borders uh, do that. Even today, like I said, famous comics doing big programs, making a lot of money. I've seen them using internet jokes even today. Um, that part of the world, South Asia, that's that's what I'm saying. But, um, it's it's not cool. And uh, But as yeah. the art form is around longer in those places, they'll start to weed it out too. No one was just saying that. Back in the day, you used to see comedians, big-time comedians do that. You just can't do that anymore. Exactly. You can't put out a damn Netflix special and 60% of it is mm-hmm. internet. Mm-hmm. Jo- you, people would be like, you're crazy. You wouldn't even, they wouldn't even shoot it. 
Netflix so, wouldn't know. Right. That's well, what I mean. So I'm saying that I think that in time, those places yeah. that you're talking, it'll be weeded out too. And if you only, if we're sitting here around this table and there's a lot of, a, a lot of comedic history in these brains and all we came up with was Carlos Mencia. So that means most people have been weeded out. No, it's absolutely true. Most people, but, but you look at now it's different also the way it's done. Look at the guy, Fat Jew, for a while. The, the guy who's the, fat me, Jewish, the mean yeah. guy. Fat Stop Jewish. with the Jew stuff. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. So he was like public enemy number one for a while, but he really, he was, he was, be, he was being uh, sneaky about it. What he was doing was he was literally writing straight up verbatim stand-up jokes and just not, not giving them the credit on it. Just saying it like it was part of his thing, putting it, putting a gif or a, a picture on it and, and making it like it was his own joke. And people, you go to a comedy club, you know Fat Jewish more than you might know somebody who's on a random comedy show. You're like, oh, they stole that from the internet. When they didn't, it was the reverse. What about this? What about, you know, every now and again you'll see a comic augment his act with maybe uh, a so-called street joke. You know, they'll say, oh, here's one. Here's one you can take home with you. Uh, two guys walk into a bar or, you know, a yeah. Polish guy, a Jewish guy, an Italian. One of those kinds of jokes. Yeah, but they're identifying it as a street joke. Okay, Stock they're identifying joke, yeah. it as a street joke, but somebody wrote that joke. And, and, and I assume it didn't come out of the ether and, and they're, they're augmenting their act with it. Well, it's kind of like, what do you think of a shop is boy? That's a, that's a profession and, a, and an ethnicity. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yes, it is. I, I think most people don't do that. I don't know. I, most comics I know don't put street jokes in their act. But besides that, I think to, to go far enough back to find out who wrote the street, like nobody tells their friends a street joke by going like, "Hey, my my friend Phil right. wrote this. Right. Here's right. the street joke." But, like, but we, we gotta wrap it up. Rest assured, somebody wrote it. Somebody wrote it. Yeah, you're right. But the, but if you're identifying as a street joke, you're trying to give as much credit as you can. Like you're like you're yeah, saying I mean, the it, word. This it, isn't it, mine. It sounds like it comes from the '40s. Like I don't. I don't it know, it I don't comes know from back in the day, but they still have them. They don't have as many street jokes as they used to, but they still have them. I don't know where that's gonna okay. get you, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, wait, uh, what? We have to wrap it up. I feel we didn't give necessarily sh shyly. Was it again? Yeah. Sh shyly. Sure. Yes. I feel like we. Sh because we got distracted with the comedy, with the joke stealing, which was very interesting, and we thank mm -hmm. our French friends for. Dan never worries about the male guests whether they got uh, us or they're like, any, any pretty girl sitting down here, right? Am I right? Like, I don't know if she's spoken. I'd love to climb well, Everest I, the, with you. The, the reason for that, no, I mean, it's a good reason for it. Is female guests are often overpowered by the male guests. Oh damn! Well, it is true. <laughs> it is true. Their voices tend to be softer. They 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 tend to be less assertive because of the uh, rape culture. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. Coming from Nepal, and this is my first radio interview here, or whatever podcast. I was like, hmm, what am I going to talk about? You know, there's all of you are Americans, grew up here, everything, and I am like a total alien here. So I was like, well, we'll see well, how it goes. And then I come here, and you guys start talking about vodka. And I'm like, <laughs> sorry oh, about shit, that. Shit, I have nothing. Well, I, I hate drinking. I've that. never been drunk. Well, what do they drink? You climbed Everest. What do they drink? Of you hate drinking. Vodka doesn't sound like something they would drink in Nepal. Anyway, what's the drink of choice amongst the Nepalese? Nepal is as cosmopolitan as Kathmandu, at least, is as cosmopolitan as New York. When I said that we, you know, we thought of this black and white the same way, I, it was when I was maybe three. I was aware of it. I don't want to make it sound like we don't, like in Nepal, we don't know the difference. She's like, by the time I was saying, I knew yeah. what a nigga was. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was a nigga by the time I was saying. Right. Yeah, but here, it, this was, this was uh, very interesting. Well, we, had, we learned one thing about Nepal is that the accent, the Nepalese accent is very close to the India accent. 
You think so? I okay. believe so. And even mm-hmm. though there's a there's a mountain range in between, somehow the mm-hmm. accent filtered across. We actually don't have mountain range in between. We in between. have mountain range in between um, China and Nepal. Oh, so what's in between Nepal and India? Um, open border, flatland. Uh, that, maybe uh, that's why it's you so similar. Have, you don't have a wall mm-hmm. or anything? Um, like, like, Mount Everest is the biggest wall in the world between two countries, uh, Nepal and China, and people still climb. See, that makes no sense. There's nothing stopping them. That's like Connecticut River supposedly breaks up, park the car with park the car. Isn't that interesting? Ladies and, and gentlemen. Yet, oh, right, no one wants to wrap this up. We have to end because we are, you know, Sirius has a, has a particular amount of time. They're going to watch us, and then uh, we go over. But, but sometimes it's good to have a little extra, a little extra. We already have a little extra. So that it can be uh, cut, tightened, uh, <laughs> Every moment massaged. was gold, except for the part about you and France. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good, Noam. Well, you know, um, yeah. Did the French guys, you get everything you need? You have everything you need? Yes. Yes. Okay. Can I tell you? Can I, can I repeat oui. what, what my answer? Like, I think I really it, it it crystallized in my mind. Okay, I think that the desire to be famous, to 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 get the the adulation of the crowd, is a tremendous motivating factor. Oh yeah. It's it's and for some people, it's overpowering. And when you know, and and when you know that there's some joke in a foreign country. That you think, and you're going to tell it in your country, and no one's ever going to know. That temptation is almost impossible for some people to resist. In the same way that if you're a bank teller, and there's no system to protect the money, eventually you're going to end up stealing. So if money is your thing, or or, or any situation like that, when you when you like it, when you know, <laughs> like if you could press a button, and no one would ever know, but all the best jokes from around the world would pop into your brain. And you'll be able to tell them, and no one would ever know. That for most well, people, well, that well, I will, think you're right. It. I, I agree. I and think, I think first that's of all, what they think they're doing when they steal these jokes, but they're wrong because the world is too small today. I think uh, first of all, I think exactly. first of all, though, you have to have lack of a moral compass, right? So it's, it's a certain type. Wait, wait, stay with me, Norm. It's a certain type of person that would do that. The other thing is, once you start doing it, the pressure is huge. You have to keep doing it. You can't come on stage. What are you going to do? Go write another hour? You're stuck. You got it. Yeah, I can sure. see the pressure to keep doing I, it. I, you're absolutely right, and I and I condemn these people. I really should pity them because they don't have the genius <laughs> of the that, I, that, that I have, and I don't have to rely on stealing jokes. They don't have a cousin Sheila. Because Dan. I, <laughs> I don't. Have, I don't have a cousin Sheila either. Because <laughs> that Shelly. joke was completely fabricated. <laughs> when you say when you say adulation of crowd, it is so desirable, and you do anything for it. But then again, the question is adulation of crowd, the audience now versus when they find out, which is going to be sh- like well, shorter and shorter but, over the period of time. They didn't, they didn't, these people in France didn't, they didn't know YouTube was going to come out and, and they thought they were going to get away scot-free. They had no idea. You know how much you love women? Yes. You love women. Yes. Let's say, <laughs> yes. let's say you didn't have the rap to really, to get a woman on your own. Which I don't. And, <laughs> and you, you could steal some joke. And it would get you that woman. That's what I'm saying. If if, if that's the temptation, that that woman for some people is the roar of the crowd, the famous, the name up in life. By the way, if you get the and roar of the crowd, it'll you, wear you down even with a moral compass. If you get the roar of the crowd, you also get the woman. Well, well, I, well, I think it. I think I think it'll really wear do. you down once you do it. That's what I'm saying. You have to have. The, I'm saying the lack of moral compass is doing it in the first place, once. right? Yeah, because like a, once you've done it, you got to keep having it. I can tell you. You know, my father used to say about my father used to say stealing is like masturbating. 
It's very tough to do it once. <laughs> <laughs> I think that wraps it up. That's a very good insight. He's going to say, don't steal. He's going to say, don't steal. <laughs> Meaning, like, because that first time you do it, it's very difficult to right. stop. And, and that may, you, like, you can back it up. You kind of steal a joke. And then you see the, the huge applause that you never got. You never got that on your own, on your own joke. Yeah, but. Ever. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not forgiving this at all. I'm just describing, I think, the psych, how it how it happens. I don't think anybody sets out to, I'm going to steal a bunch of jokes and become a comedian. No. But, but once you do it, it's got to be held the back out of that. Exactly. What I do would, you do after that? I right. would, I would advise people, if you can't write your own jokes, there are plenty of other professions. Uh, now more than ever, uh, you know, uh, we need computer people. <laughs> and, uh, I, I would advise you to find some we other need line Sherpas. of work. Don't we need Sherpas? <laughs> we need Sherpas. Yep. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I would it caution you about people getting involved in, in transportation because I think they're going to be self-driving cars soon. Okay, we got to go. Oh, no, no, no. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>